0: today we're going to be looking at the best Christmas ever this is the third of fourth so the third of four Sundays that we're going to be looking at this uh, series the best Christmas ever I know we all try to work towards getting the best Christmas ever in our in our lives We get family and friends coming over and you know I know some of you guys are gearing up for having maybe friends and family over to your house or maybe you're planning on going to their house and you're traveling but the fact is is that Christmas is one of those prime moments in the year where you actually have family come together. Now, I remember growing up, uh, we would uh, get together some with our family on occasion. We had a few relatives that lived in California where we are, and most of our relatives were in the South, but we were able to hang out with a few of them growing up, and that was always fun. And I always remember, every once in a while, we would also call our family, my cousins in Tennessee, and I always got a kick out of their Southern accents because in California, they don't have that. And they would talk about what kind of gifts they got. And so we would do stuff like that. Of course, growing, growing up being married now to Kelly and having kids of our own, we would enjoy the Christmas time together with family and and just the, the, the enjoyment that we had with, with our loved ones. Now we have grandkids and you see the process growing on and, and moving forward. But the fact is, is that when you get together with family and friends, sometimes there's a little bit of oddity and peculiarity. You got any quirky relatives, anybody? Don't raise your hands if you're sitting next to them, okay? No. You do get together every once in a while with family and friends. Now, the fact is, you're going to probably spend Christmas Day with them, but you probably won't go on a week's long vacation with them. How many knows the relatives that I'm talking about? Again, don't do this to the person sitting next to you. In fact, surveys show that one out of three people in family units are a little weird. So what I want you to do this morning is, yeah, I want you to look to your left, and if the person to your left looks normal, and I want you to look to your right, and if the person to your right looks normal, then... You might want to do the math there. Yeah? Because maybe you're the weird one. I don't know, you know? I'll let you guys figure that out, all right? But all in all, even with the quirkiness, it's a wonderful experience spending time with the holidays, with your family, and with your friends. You love to see them come. And how many wants to finish this sentence? You love to see them go. Amen. See, we're all in this thing together, right? All right. But no matter how odd we think our Family members are how quirky they are. They can't be as odd as some of these guys. Now I got several pictures I want to show you. I have no idea what order they're going to be in, so just put that first one up. These are Christmas pictures, okay? There's obviously a guy right there who just loves his cat. He spent money on that picture, by the way. So FYI, there is his family. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, there's that guy. He he had a rough Christmas Eve. Let's put it that way. And there's that guy. So anybody have any relatives like that? Let's look at the next one. Okay, now there's, they went too far. That's just, that's just ridiculous right there. I feel sorry for the kids, you know, we're doing this. A mom and dad saying, we're doing this. It's like, no, we're not. Okay, I'll take you to Texas Roadhouse, you know, I'll get you that, that MP th- player, whatever. So they got all dressed up with <laughs> toy soldiers. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that took a lot of work. What's the next one? Oh, okay. They, they had a sale on red shirts at uh, J.C. Penney's that year. And they all showed up, you know, for the family meal that way. So there they are. Let's look at the next one. Oh, look at this guy. That's what he did every Christmas when he showed up for, for, for his family. He said, here's the guy who does the splits. That was part of the Christmas tradition of their home, apparently. There's that guy. How about the next one? Yeah. That was a little from the 1980s. Maybe. And look at him The leather jeans, the... Business in the, party in the back, business in the front sort of thing. I mean, perms everywhere. They were, probably got off of a motorcycle to come to their, all of them, all five of them got off of a motorcycle. Let's look at the next one. Uh, yeah, there's one giant Christmas tree right there. That was an attempt at that. So they showed up, by the way, at their family get together just like that. That's, all right, next one. Okay. They had too much eggnog or something next one what's the next one it, there's got to be another one no not all of them okay well there's one of a family I thought maybe we were gonna have that one. there's a one of a family of four and the one guy the young guy had a gun pointed a finger pointed to his head like a gun and it was a little disturbing it was just a little disturbing so anyway awkward Christmas photos those were people spent good money on those and went to a lot of effort if you have, if, by the way, full disclosure, if any of those were your family members, I apologize for that. So, so our family may be a little weird, but we continue to love them. Amen? Amen. So Christmas is a time to look beyond our differences. Just as God looked beyond our differences, and he truly does love us. And so we truly must love one another. Love is a wonderful thing. And today we're going to look at love. The word itself probably gets tossed around a lot maybe too much, and at the same time, possibly not enough. Because to be truly loved for who you are is one of the most amazing and wonderful feelings that a person can experience. And during the Christmas season each year, people seem to be just a little more loving. Not always. They're going to cut you off in traffic and yell at you in different ways. But more often than not, people seem to be more willing to extend love and, and care and compassion during the holiday season. But what is it about The Christmas season that draws this out of us. Any time of year that Christmas does it, it seems more than not. And so I ask you the question, maybe is it possible that at the very heart of Christmas lies the incredibly generous heart of God our Father? You know, the eternal God, the creator of the universe, of everything seen and unseen, the one who sent his one and only Son as a gift for all of us humankind, God the Father who knew that the very people that he created, whom he loves, would be the same people who would crucify his son on the cross. And yet, he gave, didn't he? And he loves, doesn't he? He sent his son the gift of mercy, regardless of the rejection that he knew was going to take place. And I ask you this morning, aren't you thankful? Maybe even a little bit, are you thankful? And are you maybe even a little bit amazed this morning at what God has done by giving us his son? amen amen Amen. so what is it about giving gifts to others and being generous with those that we love that brings out the best in us why does it feel so much better so much more fulfilling to be on the giving side on the giving end rather than on the receiving side of the receiving end of the equation i don't know and I do really know too much about that. I, I'm not going to be really... I don't think I'm going to really totally be able to answer all these questions in this one message this morning, but I do, I do know that at the very heart of all of it is eternal love of the Father, and it's evident in the life and death of His Son. I, I think a scripture that wraps it up kind of ties up this amazement, this wonder, is found in Second Corinthians nine fifteen. It says, thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift... It's kind of an indescribable gift. I mean, how do you even put words to what God has done for us, amen? His gift of love. You've heard this phrase before, God is love, right? I mean, we know that. Uh, So as we dive into this love this morning, I I wanna take a brief... Second, to remember a couple of things that we've added to this ingredients of this, of this cake that we're making of the best Christmas ever. We talked up to this point about how intimately we're connected and, and, and we're directly resulting in the life and the sacrifice of Jesus. By that first week, we looked at how we have eternal hope in the promises of God that have been made alive in Christ. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen? And the last week, we looked at this resilient, this deep and abiding joy that we have through our love that we have and our understanding that we have of Christ. It's not a happiness that comes and goes. It's a joy that's permanent, and it's solid, and it's deep, and it never changes. And today, I want to add the ingredient of pure, unfiltered, unconditional love because of the example that Christ has set for us. So I, I want to read to you out of 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. It talks about this love. It says, Dear friends let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever doesn't love doesn't know God, because God is love. This is how God shared his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So at the core of God is love. Now, I want you to notice something. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that God loves, even though we know God loves. What it says is God is love, which means that God is, uh, love is not something that God does, even though he does, really love is something that God is. See, he can't help but love, just like he's faithful. It's not that God is faithful to us, God is faithful, and therefore he is faithful to us. God is. Is kind and therefore he's kind to us. God is good and therefore God is good to us. God is love and therefore God loves us. It's not something that he does, it's somebody that he is. He can't help but love us. And aren't you thankful for that? Every action that God takes part of is motivated and sustained by that very love. And 1 John tells us that the very reason that God came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ is because of his great love for us. God loves you this morning. God loves you this morning. I want you to say, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You know, the reason that we can even define love is because it's been displayed for us by God himself. The world certainly can't define love. It's not modeling the true love that we're looking for this morning. The the love that the world needs only comes from God. And you know, love is so much more than a Hallmark movie or a hashtag or Everything else that we've co-opted it to be. Because love at its core is deeply personal. It's, it's hard to fully define. And yet, at the same time, we fully understand it when we're looking at it. And when we see it happening in front of us. And it, when we know it's happening to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. It, it's not just in a sentence. It has to flesh it out in so many different ways. Because love is hard to define with just one little sentence and one little word. It says this. Love is patient. Well, there's the first one of love. Love is kind. Well, that's the second one. It keeps going. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. What it does do is love doesn't delight in the evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. You see how it takes so many words to define what love is, because you can't just define love with one little sentence. Now, I want to read to you the 1 Corinthians Christmas version of that scripture that I just read as we're coming up here on Christmas. Listen to this. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, stranded with twinkling lights and shiny balls, but do not have love, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of Christmas cookies and preparing gourmet meals... And arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime but i don't have love i'm just another cook if i work at a soup kitchen carol in the nursing home and give all that i have to charity but i don't have love it profits me nothing if i if i trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes attend a myriad of holiday parties i sing in the choir's christmas cantata but i don't focus on christ I've missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind, though harried and tired. Love does not envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love does not yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful that they are there to be in the way. Love does not give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who cannot, just like yesterday with our group that went to the, uh, to, the, to the park. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things, and love never fails. Toys will break, pearl necklaces will be lost, and golf clubs will rust, but giving the gift of love will endure. Isn't that good? Now, here's a few things that I also want to read as love as defined by children. I love the innocence and the purity of children and how they look at things. And this will help us to kind of flesh out what love maybe is all about. Here's one, Rebecca, she's eight years old. She says, this is what love is. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Billy, little guy named... Billy named, uh, age four, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. (laughs) Chrissy, age seven, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. (laughs) Here's Terry, age four, said, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Danny, age seven, says, love is when mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. Little Nikki, age six, says, if you want to learn to love better, you, shouldn't start, you should start with a friend who you hate. Wow. Ouch. That preaches. <clears throat> now, here's Noel, age seven. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it every day. <laughs> Tommy, age six. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they've known each other so long. Claire, age six, says, my mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me to sleep at night. (laughs) Elaine, age five, says, love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Mm. All right, women, don't don't jump on that one at lunch today. Jessica, age eight, finally, says, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. (laughs) One more little story here. This is a story of a girl who regretted breaking her engagement and she wrote this letter. Dearest Tommy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S., and congratulations on winning the state lottery. Yeah. Not sure that's love. <clears throat> you know, love is the new commandment. Jesus <laughs> talked about this in John chapter 13. You, you may already be thinking to yourself as you're, as, you're, as you're listening to this, you know, this love stuff sounds pretty good, but what should I do about it? How can I walk this out? And it's a really good question, and I hope there's a really good answer here that'll help you. So throughout the Gospels, we see the disciples always had a lot of questions for Jesus. More often than not, the questions revolved around things they should or shouldn't be doing. Things like marriage and prayer and fasting and tithing and the Sabbath. are just a few topics that come to mind. But interestingly, in the Gospel of John, Jesus gives the disciples a new, a new rule to follow. So I want you to listen to this in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. He says, here's a new commandment that I give to you that you love one another, even, if I, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So this begs the question, how did Jesus show his love for his disciples? He says, I want you to love others as I love you. How did he love them? How did he love us? How does he show his love for you and I today? And, thankfully, we know the answer in First John not John 3.16, but First John 3.16 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Well, there it is. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now we're getting to uh, the foundation of this this morning. So we look at this and say, okay, that's easy enough. We understand this now. Loving others simply requires that we lay our lives down for them. So this is what we do. We we trade what we want and what we need for what they want and what they need. We put others before ourselves, in place of ourselves, and at the expense even of ourselves. That's what love is, at the core of it, because that's how Jesus loves us. So it sounds so cut and dry, and in regards to, as I just said, it it sounds so simple, But yet, it's not, or else everybody would be doing it, and everybody would be loving like Jesus. So, what is the crux of this? Here it is. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. Some people believe that love is something that you just stumble into, you you fall into, and you fall out of. But as many of you know from your own experience, love is more than... More often than not, a very real choice that you make every day in your relationships, isn't it? You choose to love that spouse, that child, that parent, that friend, that co-worker, that whoever it would be. You, you make a choice. I am so eternally grateful that God the Father chose to love all of us through His Son, Jesus Christ, aren't you? It's a choice that He made. It's a choice that God made for us. He didn't have to. He chose to. And I'm unbelievably thankful that Jesus chose to humble himself. Take on the role of a servant, dying on the cross for you and I. If not for the loving sacrifice of the Father and the Son, where would you and I be today? We would be hopelessly lost. That's where we would be. We all know this scripture. I want you to say it out loud with me, John 3.16. As you read it on the screen, you shouldn't even, have to read it. Read it together if you will say it. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So let me ask you this. Do you think it was easy for God to love a world that by and large didn't love Him in return? Think about it. I mean, if you were Him, would you love like He has loved was it easy for Jesus to love the very people that hung Him on the cross and that brutally killed Him? He hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I, I, I'm, I, I'm just imagining myself, it wouldn't have been easy for me. In fact, I'm quite sure that I would not have done it. But Jesus did it because He made the choice. Is it always easy to love your quirky and difficult relatives? You'll find out in a couple of weeks, won't you? Or how about Your spouse? How about your kids? How about your friends? Here's one. How about your enemies? Obviously, the answer is no. No guilt trip here. We're all in the same boat together. We struggle, don't we? It's not easy. It's not something you just stumble into. It takes genuinely focused effort and dying to ourselves to love others. And it's a learned thing. It doesn't come naturally in our fleshly selfish selves. We are born not to love. We are born to be selfish and to be self-centered and to be ugly and hateful and nasty sometimes. That's kind of our natural bent. But the Spirit of Christ comes in us. And then we yield to the Spirit of Christ in us when we invite Him in and say, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Christ, come and take my tongue, my mind, my, my actions, my goals, everything about me. And may I, may I love like you love. May you love through me because I can't do this. In my own strength. As we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We allow Jesus to love through us. He can love through us with his unconditional love. What does unconditional love mean? Pretty simple. It's love without conditions. (laughs) Without any strings attached. I love you, period. That's how Jesus loves us, isn't it? I love you, period. And so that's the kind of love that we must love others with. This is the sort of love that Jesus asks for us to do because we love because he loved us first. Our Savior set the example and then he asks us to follow his lead. You see, love, that kind of love, redeems. That kind of love redeems. That's the kind of love that this world needs. It's a a redemptive sort of love, amen? Amen. That love that you experienced long ago or just a week ago or whenever you accepted Christ as your Savior. You were redeemed because of the love that He expressed towards you. It was a redemptive love that He poured out on you and continues to do so for you and for me. And that's what the world needs is a redemptive kind of love. And as much as we all love John 3.16 and we just all read it out loud, it's worth noting today... Just how powerful the next verse is. It kind of hides under the shadow of John 3.16, especially when we talk about the love of God. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, God didn't send Jesus to bring condemnation upon us, because there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He convicts us of our sins, but he doesn't condemn us. You know, there's a lot of condemnation in the world today, and we get that in spades all around us every day from other people, even from ourselves, and even from Satan himself. He's the accuser of the brethren, isn't he? And we'll look in the mirror and say, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have said that, and we condemn ourselves and other people, in just in case we don't have enough of it, other people speak that into our lives and can condemn us. We get enough of that. But Colossians 1, verses 19 through 20, says that God... God God sent not to condemn, but to bring redemption, to bring reconciliation, to bring renewal. For God, it says, was pleased to have all of the fullness to dwell in Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. You see, one day when Jesus comes back and, and He starts to make all things new and eventually after the tribulation He's going to set up a new heaven and a new earth and what once was in the garden will again be then. He's going to redeem everything back to how it was and we're going to be made new. The world's going to be made new. It's not just His blood that redeems us. It's His blood that redeems the entire universe and all of creation. And it's going to happen soon. His blood redeems us and reconciles us and renews us. And one of the greatest responsibilities that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God, one of the greatest joys and privileges that we have is the choice that we make every single day to share this eternally impactful good news. It's the love of Jesus with others. Aren't you thankful for His love this morning? So, the best Christmas ever. It's about giving and receiving love as we draw near to Christmas can I ask you today what has God redeemed in your life where have you seen the fullness of Christ his hope his joy his love this year for many of us it's been an extremely difficult year 2021 has been a challenge for so many I've had conversations with folks and Kelly and I can certainly add to that list of the challenges that we've all had for whatever reasons the challenges that have been there God has allowed but he's been faithful he's been good his love is there he's given us strength in time of need his peace is there for us his joy is there for us aren't you thankful for the hope that we have in Christ all the resources of heaven are at our disposal through every difficult and challenging situation so i ask you again where have you seen the fullness of Christ in your life this year? I want you to think about it and focus on those things because has God, been, has God been faithful to you? Yes, through the difficulties God has been faithful. Has God been good to me? Yes, in spite of the challenges God has been good. And that's how we need to look at it because God never changes. Our circumstances may, but He's showing Himself to be good. He's showing Himself to be faithful. He's showing Himself to be all that we need through those times that we struggle through those situations that we face. God loves you today. God is faithful today. So I ask you again, where have you seen the fullness of Christ in your life this year? Celebrate that. Focus on that. Dwell on that. And not on the things that would try to come against you. The condemnation, the challenges, the struggles. God is there to help us through all those things, and on the back end of it, we look back and say, I saw his fingerprints all over that situation, and I felt his presence with me every step of the way. Maybe there's a lot of people, maybe this morning, you're running through your mind some stuff, and you can say, praise the Lord, I can just say, man, God has been good, and, and you're able to see the glass is half full, you're able to focus on the goodness of God, But maybe. Maybe you're straining to see that redemption in your life this morning. Maybe you're struggling to say, Pastor, there's really nothing I can think of right now. And that's okay. It's okay. Because we're all, like I've said in the last couple of weeks, we're all human. We're all flesh. And we're all, we're all, we all struggle. We got these emotions. We got circumstances. And every once in a while, we're just going to mess up. And welcome to the human race. A word's going to slip out an action's going to take place. And we're going to have a thought that's going to move into something that we just wish we had never said or done. But God is there to redeem us and to help us and pick us back up and brush yourself up and say, all right, let's learn from that. Now, let's move forward now in a better way. Let me show you some things you could do different next time, that you could say differently next time, that you could act out differently next time. Maybe maybe this morning you're saying it's been a long time since you've truly felt loved, and I'm so sorry to hear that if that's what you're thinking. Uh, I, I don't know where you are this morning. Uh, but the first Christmas was and, so, and, and is so special because it's the moment in time that we can, all of us point back to and see God's love for mankind in action. And this Christmas could also be a special one for you. Maybe you've had a loss this year. I know we've, some folks have lost some loved ones this year. This would be your first Christmas without your loved one. I get that. Maybe you've moved from another state and you're here and this is your first Christmas in a new city, and a new place, and you're not sure what's going on. And I don't know. Things going on, I get it. Things have happened since last year to this, to this Christmas. But I, I, I want to just encourage you that this Christmas could be special, that this moment that you're deciding to put your love for others in action could be an important turnaround in your life, that you would stop and say, wait a minute. I, I'm not just going to sit here and just wait for things to kind of happen to me, but I'm going to make a choice to love. I'm going to make a choice to be Christ to others. I'm going to, I'm going to love. I'm going to give. Because like I said earlier, it's, it's so much better to be on the giving end than on the receiving end, isn't it, of presence? Well, the best present gift you can give somebody is that unconditional love of Christ. And maybe through your loving others that you can receive in return, and you're going to feel like, wow, you know, there's really value in this. There's really worth here, you know. there's a lot of people that need that kind of love that I'm talking about, that redemptive love. So instead of focusing on the things that have been a struggle and a challenge and difficulty this year and just kind of sitting in that pool of pity and struggle and oppression and all of that, make a choice to get up and say, I will bless the name of the Lord. I, I, I will serve him with gladness. I will love as he loves me. I, I will step out from this place that I'm that I'm." contending, and I will contend that Christ will love through me to others. And as I give, I I will receive in return the blessings of the Most High God. I encourage you to give of your life, to give of your energy, to give of your time, to give of your resources to, to others as we lead up into Christmas here. Now, this also could be the moment that you not only love others in action, but it could also be the moment today that you decide to follow the lead of Christ and to accept that love in your own heart this morning. Not only could be, this be the first time that you accept God's love, but also could be maybe the first time, maybe in a long time, that you share God's love. It's two different ways of interaction here that we can lead this with. So I'm not sure which side of the equation you are. If you've really never received the love of God, I'm, I'm going to make that invitation to you this morning to do so. But I also am making the invitation. For those of you that are here that need to share that love, and you just kind of kept it inside because of situations and circumstances, to make that choice to say, I will love. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit love through me with that redemptive sort of love. That redemptive love of Christ is not something that we should keep to ourselves. It's something to share with as many people as we possibly can for as long as we can, because that love is a choice. give you an illustration of this. It was a wife that was wanting to divorce her husband and she came to a counselor for some advice and she said, I don't only want to get rid of this man, I want to get even with him. Before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has hurt me. And so the counselor suggested a brilliant plan. He says, how about go home and act as if you really love your husband. Tell him how much he means to you. Praise him for every decent trait. Go out of your way to be as kind and considered and generous as possible. Spare no effort to please him and to enjoy him. Make him believe that you love him. And after you've convinced him of your undying love, that you can't live without him, then drop the bomb. Tell him that you're getting a divorce and that will really hurt him. Well, with revenge in her eyes, she smiled and exclaimed, that's beautiful. That's exactly what I'll do. Will he ever be surprised? And so she did it with enthusiasm, and for two months, she showed love and kindness and listening and giving and reinforcing and sharing. And when the counselor didn't hear from her, he called her to find out what was going on. He asked, are you ready now to go through with this divorce? And she exclaimed, divorce? Never. I discovered that I really do love him. You see, her actions had changed her feelings. And that motion resulted in emotion. We put it the other way around. The ability to love is established not so much by fervent promises as often repeated deeds. Love is a verb. Love is an action word. Love is a choice. And Jesus loved us first by choice so that we might choose to love others as he loves us. That's, the, that's the, la, the next ingredient, and I'm going to add one more next week. But I want you to stand with me this morning as Emma would come up, and if you would bow your heads. As I said a few moments ago, everyone just bow your heads and just spend some time with the Lord right now. As I said a few moments ago, I'm going to give a couple of invitations here this morning. First one is that maybe you've never accepted the love of God. Maybe you've really never understood it. But it's the love that redeems. It's a love that's a choice towards you as an individual. He loved the whole world, but if I can make it more personal, he loved you, and you can put your name right there. Whatever your name is, just insert it right there because God so loved your name, who you are, that he gave his only son. I've heard this so many times before, and it astounds me, but it's true, that even if you were the only one on this earth that needed a savior, God would have sent his son just for you. See, Jesus didn't go up there and have a negotiation with God and say, tell you what, I'll I'll do this if you can guarantee me two billion souls or a billion souls or or half a million souls. He didn't negotiate with God. God asked him to do it and Jesus says, I'll do it. With no guarantees, nothing of a promise that one person would accept that free gift. Certainly we know that it's been received by countless, countless millions and billions of people over the centuries. And today, it's your opportunity to make that choice and to receive that free gift. And I wanna invite you to accept that love that God has for you, that love that manifested itself in him sending his only son for you, to die in your place so that you wouldn't have to die in your sins but that you could be washed clean of your sins by the blood of Jesus and be redeemed and restored and rescued and renewed back to God the Father in right relationship with Him. You've struggled, you've striven, and you've wandered around without a rudder. But today, the Holy Spirit is pointing you to true north, to the foot of the cross, and you know in your heart that I'm speaking the truth. The Holy Spirit is confirming to you, affirming to your heart that what I'm saying is absolutely true and this is absolutely what you need to do. But it's a choice that you make. No one's going to force you to do it and you can't grandfather this salvation in because your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or whoever else is saved. It's a personal choice with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And today's your day to receive the love of God through Christ Jesus. If that's you this morning, with every eye closed and head bowed, I want to invite you to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer and I need Jesus in my life. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? You can put your hand back down. And Anybody else that would want to lift up your hand this morning? the Christians, I just need you to pray. As souls are hanging in the balance, yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Just lift up your hand and put it right back down. Just make sure I see it. Anybody else? Christians, pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, make so, truth, so true the truth of who you are in each heart and life today, Holy Spirit. Help us to take that step to receive that love of that beautiful gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ anybody else say I need that love I need that love I need that love just lift up your hand you can receive Jesus in your heart I'll just we'll all pray a prayer together join these couple of people that lifted up their hands anybody else okay I want us to all pray this prayer together whether you raised your hand or not the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead that he is God's son you will be saved it's just that simple he's done all the work All you got to do is open up the door to your heart and invite him in. And that's what we're getting ready to do. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I thank you that you loved me so much that you gave me your life, that you died for my sins. And so today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, come live in my heart, and be the Lord of my life. I invite you. Into my heart. Walk with me. From this day forward. And be my Lord. And I thank you for this. In Jesus name. That I am now saved. I am now rescued. And I am now redeemed. Amen. Now Lord. As we have made this decision. I pray Holy Spirit that you would. Come and fill each heart. All of us today. fresh and new with your Holy Spirit and I ask you now those of you who have your eyes closed and your head bowed the second option the second opportunity if you want to uh, you you know you know Jesus and so that's what you're telling me because you didn't lift up your hands I'm assuming that everybody in this place is saved so now we get to make the next choice that next step and maybe you're struggling maybe there's some things you're having a hard time showing that love but maybe today, as you've heard this simple message and you've, been, uh, you, you've heard the, what the love of God is fleshed out to be, and that's really dying to ourselves, uh, thinking others first and, and being like Christ to others. And maybe you're kind of struggling in that way, but, boy, you want to redeem the time and between now and Christmas and beyond. You want to walk that out more fully. You want to walk that out more effectively. You want to m- walk that out uh, more regularly. Uh, if that's you today, I just lift up your hand and say, Lord, I, I need you to help. I open up my heart for you to love through me more. Yeah, hands everywhere. Anybody else want to lift up your hand? Just, the Lord, seize your hand. Just keep your hands up. And Lord, we just right now, we just surrender to you. We didn't just lift up our hands to say, that's me. But we, now we lift up our both of our hands and we surrender to you our hearts. And Lord, as we've struggled so with situations and circumstances in our life, and it's so easy to be short with people and hateful, and, and mean and just and not just not love people. Uh, but Lord, I pray that you'd help us to stop that and that you'd help us to love like you loved us and that we would be sacrificial in our love, that we would think others first, that we would let you love through us in such a way that it would make such a difference in people's lives, that they would see the love of Christ in us and that it would impact their lives. Lord, that we would plant and water and that you would bring the increase, that we would be part of the redemptive uh, process in their lives, whatever that looks like, through the words that we say, through our kind gestures, through the thoughts that we think, through our heart condition, Lord, that we would be walking in unconditional love, and that we would walk in patience, and that we would walk in kindness, that we would understand what love is. And in the first Corinthians 13, Lord, that love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. But it protects. It rejoices in the truth. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. It never fails. That's the kind of love we want, Lord. Won't you do that through us as we yield ourselves to you more fully every single day from this day on? We thank you, Lord God, for your love in us. Now let your love flow out through us. We thank you, Lord, that we can express your love through us because you loved us first. That's the kind of love that we want to demonstrate to others that you have for your people. May we have those same sort of uh, actions and words and, and activities towards others. Help us to live each day of our lives with a clear understanding that we are completely completely Accepted and unconditionally loved by you. And therefore, we can do the same for others. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.